0: Today's podcast is brought to you in part by Powerful Creators Mentoring. Are you ready to manifest rapid growth in your business or sales career? Head on over to PowerfulCreators.net forward slash mentoring. Enter promo code MENTOR96, all caps, and get 96% off your first mentoring session. Today's show is also brought to you in part by Naked Warrior Recovery. I have been on a personal health journey to improve myself. And after stumbling across Naked Warrior's Happy Berry Energy Drink with all the good vitamins and electrolytes that give you great balance and mental clarity without the junks and jitters that other brands give you, I personally can't get enough of Naked Warrior Energy Drink powder. It tastes like happy berries, too. Click the link in the bio. Type in promo code JBOLTON at checkout for 20% off. Welcome to the Josh Bolton Show, where we dive into interesting and inspiring conversations. And now, your host, Josh Bolton. Hello, hello, how are you doing? Hi, how are you today? Doing pretty good. How's your, um, how's Monday going for you?
1: A uh, little bit of uh, confusion, but I'm in.
0: <laughs> what happened there? that's so confusing? Huh what happened that was so confusing
1: Oh it was just that the, the day took me in different directions Oh okay took me in different directions I uh I had some training earlier had some errands to run and uh so I'm back
0: <laughs> <laughs> There we go So um I was reading over your profile you you do a lot of um more humanitarian but like also just general um like mindset and love and happy like yeah, love happiness Family and all that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's basically self improvement, um, yeah. and also it does with humanity in the sense of being able to understand the value of love. It's bigger than just you know my personal take from it. It's just it's bigger than just myself. You know, it it really it's the system for humanity, and we all pay a part of humanity, and it also changes our life. Individually and collectively,
0: a hundred percent. Yeah, that goes on like the whole uh, the karma or whatever you want to put like energy out, use what you receive, kind of thing. It's power. It is. So, um, is there anything specific you're doing, like a, a business organization you have right now?
1: I have a, I'm a founder and executive director of a nonprofit called Clear Journey. oh Okay. And uh, we basically take the concepts of love, the practical application of love, and put it into play. Uh, we we use uh, We teach teens and young adults uh, financial literacy and attitudes for success in life.
0: That's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's that's very important. I wish some something like that was around when I was younger.
1: <laughs> well, the idea is to help to help the young people navigate life successfully. You know, so that they're going to have to get you know pull themselves out of ditches and stuff we can try to navigate them and make them so that they can miss those ditches and financial literacy is uh i think one of the primary ways to be able to do that to make your dreams a reality
0: <clears throat> yeah I sad to say the uh at least the american system that i know of fails us in that that sense
1: absolutely we're in that same system <laughs> yeah where are you where are you
0: i'm in uh southern california how about yourself
1: I'm in. Uh, I'm on Maryland. I'm on the other coast. Oh, just like a thousand miles in
0: between. Nothing
1: big. Hey, that's okay. But you think of the weather today, and you would think we were on the same coast.
0: Is it sunny and warm, or is it kind of chilly?
1: It's seventy-eight degrees.
0: Oh shoot! Actually, I think you're warmer than me because it's sixty-two right now for us.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's noon or two o'clock here, so we we we're we're about maxed out. You're still trying to climb. <laughs> yes. It, yeah, uh, 77 degrees right now. And we're we're yeah, we're gonna supposedly we're supposed to get up to 78 oh, wow. in the next hour, and then we'll start heading back down.
0: All right. I want to say your area, you get a lot of cold and uh like blizzards and stuff, huh?
1: Oh yeah, we got 12 inches first week of January.
0: <laughs> that must be a pain to clean the driveway
1: a got a, dr- a snow blower
0: oh well fancy you
1: you get you get a driveway you gotta have a snow blower because i can't be shoveling <laughs>
0: yeah and then there's that that risk of black ice and everything too that's not fun
1: oh yeah you know when to go and when not to go if it's snowing then ain't time to go
0: <laughs> i'm just curious this is not just me because i've never had snow day problems do do the work does work in general understand like oh if it's snowing like they're probably not going to come in on time or at all. Oh, that's
1: that's that's a that's an East Coast challenge, you know. Um, because you know it's a it's a difficult thing that you balance with safety versus product, I mean productivity. Mm-hmm. And so um for the most part, if it snows, just depending on what part of the 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 east you're in or the northeast you're in, the norther you go, the north, the further north you go the less reluctant or the less consideration goes with snow, okay? Because that's something that, you know, what we got was 12 inches. We haven't had anything else since then, very little. There's parts that will have six inches a day for two weeks in a row, Mm -hmm. you know? And they're like, no, we can't. We can't shut down this because we'll be under snow all day, all week, all month. We can't do that. See, the snow was gone two days after it was here. Um, Yeah. But when you get up north, oh, they don't close for snow. But where I am, yeah, they close it down for 11, 12 inches of snow. Yeah, we close it up.
0: Oh, I bet. Because, like you said, it's just one, maybe two days. It sucks, but the the, the customers will be back on the third day.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: That's cool. Okay, I'm just curious because I've not been on your side of the the states. Is there any good restaurants nearby? I should if I visit Maryland,
1: um, there are plenty of good. I mean, you have um, when you go downtown because I'm right outside of DC, right? Okay. And you have the Chart House. You have um, uh, what they call um, um, what's the big steakhouse? Um, the Chart House is a is a steakhouse place, but then at uh, Capitol Hill. They call the what do they call the grill? Um capital grill, I think. Okay. Is what they call it. But then they have all of the, the uh the um, I don't know if you ever been to one of those Brazilian steakhouses. No. Yeah, we have a we have one of those around here. It's called um, it's a Brazilian steakhouse. It's called, oh, man, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Um, and that's basically you pay one fight and you just eat as much meat as you want
0: i okay. That would be like a Korean barbecue over here. Yeah. You just pay like the 20 bucks or whatever. And you just, they pile as much meat on you grill it, you eat it kind of thing. Oh no.
1: They bring it already cooked. <laughs> oh, and you sit there until you bust.
0: I'm going to say meat. That's pretty quick.
1: Yeah. Well, that that's, that's basically it. Yeah. That's but yeah, awesome. there, there, there's plenty of places to eat around right here. We're right outside. I mean, right outside of DC, they do most businesses and restaurants.
0: Yeah, I'd say it's either restaurants, coffee shops, or donut shops,
1: right? Well, here in Capitol Hill, it's it's yeah, it's they spending money to all the kind of grills and stuff that they're gonna do to make deals. So they'll they'll be spending money while they're making deals.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah, they will. Yeah, what like two fifty? It's like ah, it's, it's a Tuesday. It's whatever kind of thing.
1: And we pay for it.
0: Oh yes. I would hope it's good, but hey, I haven't tried it yet. So <laughs> when Absolutely.
1: I do, I'll, you've not been anywhere over here?
0: Uh, I I mean, East Coast-wise, I've been to Florida.
1: Oh, yeah. Okay.
0: Honestly, but I have not been that north. So. Where,
1: where in California are you?
0: Do you know where LA is?
1: Oh, yeah.
0: I'm like 30 miles like south of LA.
1: South of LA. Okay. Yeah. I've done LA, San Francisco, San Diego.
0: Oh, you honestly, you here way more than me.
1: Yeah, I yeah, I've been around a little bit longer than you've Just been. Just a little. Yeah.
0: Um, I love it. I love this intro. Can we get a little quick synopsis of you before we we dump into everything else? A little what? A, a little introduction of yourself.
1: I'm a transformational speaker, thought leader, and author of uh, "Love Made Simple." I basically teach the powerful principle a powerful principle of love. Um, I am a founder and executive director of a nonprofit that teaches teens and young adults um, financial literacy. Um, we basically help young adults and teens navigate life successfully. Um, that's that's basically where I am right now. Um, we're trying to move in and develop um, a lot of different uh, programs that can help assist that gener- that uh, area, that stage of life, but but my book, Love Made Simple, um, is a book that's broken down into stages in your life. We break it down into teens, young adults, adults, and seniors, so that uh, there's a place and an understanding of success in every stage in life. Um, so that's everything in a nutshell. A little bit, then let you want a little bit more background as to what I've been, how I got here.
0: And you're you're Wan Lee, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, just want to make sure. I was I was hoping you'd say that when you introduced yourself. My God, like, I think it's that. I don't want to be wrong. Wan rude. Lee. Yep. Um. So then, can we go in a little of your backstory and, like, yeah, the up and coming that that led to this this point?
1: Um. Actually, um, it really got to the point of being confused. Um, I was graduated from high school at 17 years old. Um. And I was, I felt hopeless. I was really confused, did not have any direction. And I had an undiagnosed learning disability.
0: I'm just curious, what would that be?
1: um, It's a memory deficiency.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Mm -hmm. And so it was not diagnosed until I was 37 years old. Before that, I went into the military spent nine years in the military, got out, was uh, working in manufacturing, equipment manufacturing, um, have been in real estate. I have been in law enforcement. I have been in um, retail sales. Um, And basically, before I figured out or found out I had a learning disability, it was, it was that ghost that was in the room. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't know what it was. I just felt like I didn't measure up until I had gotten uh, tested and found out that I had a learning disability. I was 37 years old.
0: Yeah, it's one of those you wish you knew that at a younger age, you could have adjusted accordingly. But Well, but also...
1: I, absolutely. Um, but in the process of doing that, there was so many things that I learned that I believe that if I had another way to doing this, I probably would never have gotten to where I am.
0: Same. Yeah. For me, like my, my story is um, I was saying, uh I have ADHD. I've just learned to keep it in check. Um, but in the nineties, they didn't really have a system. It was like, Oh, he went from happy to sad. Oh, he's bipolar kind of thing. You either give him pills or not like he's getting kicked out. And it's one of those people who have said the same question to me. And I just say, no, actually, if I had a choice, I'd do it again because I wouldn't be where I am today without all that brutal punishing to make me stronger now.
1: I mean, it, it's unfortunate um, that I, there was no diagnosis, um, but they just labeled me. You know, I was labeled mm-hmm. a troublemaker. I mean, I, I you know, I, and I did. I mean, to be honest with you, I lived an academic career of, of frustration. And so I, I, I played it out. I acted it out. And that was where I, it probably until I was, I acted it out until I was probably in junior high school. Um, I was, and then, then fear started to settle in um, because I didn't measure up. And I, I saw my peers moving on beyond me. I never failed, but I never, gain those things that I felt were necessary to be successful in life. I I felt inadequate. Yeah. And so uh, as a result, I graduated high school, went into the military, and my life turned around 180 degrees. It was there that I learned the practical applications of love to be able to apply them to my life. And begin to view things totally different. This experience called life totally different.
0: So I'm just curious, what branch of the military were you in? Air Force. Were you the one flying the jets, or are you more like on the ground?
1: Yeah, I was a support.
0: Okay, I, was support.
1: I, <laughs> I was would in, say I was in. Uh, I was in logistics. We basically transported everything and everybody around the world.
0: That's still a very important job. Yeah,
1: That's... I thought so. I, I worked in. Uh, my last job, I was in the air traffic, air traffic, aerial port operations center. Basically, we controlled all of the cargo and passengers in and out of the, it would be like in an airport. We controlled all of the transport of people and cargo in and out of that a region. I was in, I was in Germany at the time and we would have. we basically controlled all of the movement of people and cargo in and through that region.
0: Now, I'm just curious. Um, this is just more for me. Was it um, near the end a little stressful with uh, your forgetfulness?
1: It wasn't necessarily forgetfulness. It was the fact that in my learning was slowed down. OK. Once I got it. I was good. And that's why my, my, my ability to be able to grasp it was challenging. But once I got it, it was good. So I would, it would take me longer to get things that were new. Okay. Okay. But once I got it, and that's why I realized that uh, my strength was time. My, my thing that helped me was time. If I gave myself time, I was okay. But Mm -hmm. when you put time constraints on me, then things got difficult and that's academic experience that's life it's all about getting it done fast yesterday and that's testing and that's that's where I, I i had my problem but once if you if you took that away from me i could get it and do everything that i needed to do with it i began i was very successful in the air force
0: wonderful i was just using your words and sorry if i butchered it um so then Tell me uh, some of the incidences during your your service that that showed you that the love and experience of life that led you down this.
1: It was basically um, the ability to find because at the point of when I went into the Air Force, I had no value. I was very low self-esteem at best, Mm -hmm. you know, and what I was, I could not had no identity. I couldn't find I didn't know where I fit. I didn't know how I how I fit in. And what the Air Force did was it took me and it allowed me to see that I had value. And that value was able to put into a bigger system called the national defense, the military. And it generated that that self-confidence that I needed to Mm -hmm. be able to reach my potential. And it wasn't to compare me with anybody but it was enabling me to be all that I could be. You know, one of the, the adage or the slogans for the Air Force back in the time was, be all you can be, aim high, be all you can be. Mm-hmm. And that was literally what my experience was because it allowed me to see myself as something more than what people were had, had allowed me to, uh, they assessed me to be something that I wasn't. And that was that I couldn't compare up to what they wanted me to compare. Um, and so that was that was my experience in the military. And that was a nine year experience that I had in. And when I got out, I got out right after Desert Storm. Oh wow. And what that did was, you know, I I was basically before the war, um, I just re-enlisted for 12 more or for 12 more years. And they offered me an early out program. And I was like, okay, I'll get out and do something else. But at that up until that point, it was the most successful thing that I'd ever accomplished in my life. I was 28 years old, 29 years old. And it was, I was, I was meant for the military, to be honest with you.
0: That's good. No, that's very good uh that you you found yourself. I was one of those um when I was younger. Uh, now, looking back, uh, I'm very um, insubordinate, questioning of authority. I don't mean it to be like a, a disrespect. Well, one of my, my buddies, I was thinking of joining like the Army or the Marines, maybe even Air Force if they take me. And he's like, Josh, even if they look past all your mental stuff and your drugs, they're like, you question everything they say. They're going to take that as insubordination and you get in trouble. And I'm kind of I'm glad he talked me off the cliff because that would have been. Really interesting. If I did,
1: well, I mean, you're you're absolutely right. It was, and that was the thing that really made the difference was the ability to understand that I needed help, and they were willing to help me in the sense, but I had to begin to desire that help. I had right. to want it. They, were, you know, one of the things they did to us is they stripped you down from your individuality to build you up collectively as a unit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that's the value of love that I found out was that we all have this same thing in common, but we have to all buy into the system.
0: Right. Yeah, it was uh, one of my guests um, came on and he teaches what he calls like empathetic leadership. But he preaches on like how the military does it. And he said it, it, He's like, even though it's the brutal discipline, but he's like, they're doing that to prove a point. He's like, actually, the the military leadership is one of the best systems to emulate. He's like, you don't have to do the brutal uh, punishing system. Actually, he's like, I don't, I don't really don't recommend you do it their way. But uh, he's like, it's one of those. If you could figure out how that machine works, you know, your corporation would be, or even small business would be highly efficient.
1: Absolutely, I mean, what it was, and I mean, and granted, that goes into different branches. Okay. Mm-hmm. We all work together, but we do it a different. We do we have different missions, right? And the one thing that I realized in the Air Force was, you know, it wasn't about them telling you how to do what you needed to do. It was that we're going to show you what needs to be done, and now you do it the best way that you can get it done. Now, and taking all of these other parameters into perspective and into play, you know, there's safety. There's always safety. There's always concern for the next guy. Now, if you can do what you do the way you do it and get the bit get the job done, that's what we want you to do. We want you to think outside the box because we need you to be a part of something, but it has to take into consideration the whole package, the whole group, everybody.
0: Right. Uh, that that's the bit that's pretty much what he was saying. is uh, let them be themselves. Like you said, general parameters, try to stick within this line. But if for some reason this trick works here, then yeah, go for it.
1: Now, I mean, I'll be honest with you, when you get into battlefield and stuff like that, like cause see I was into logistics, mm-hmm. you know, that's look, however you get that the way you needed to do and all of the pieces you determine. But the fact is, when you're out on the battlefield, yeah, it's typically it's normally one way to go and that's straight ahead.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And you got to always take into consideration everyone around you, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So then let's after uh your your journey in the military you said you went to the police and something else
1: no i can i came out and i went into a manufacturing okay and i i was a equipment manager of a biotechnology company in the in the area here um and we basically it was a biotechnology educational biotechnology company and okay. we basically at the at the time we were basically dealing with with educating something that was cutting edge at the time, and that was DNA separation.
0: Interesting. Okay. Yeah,
1: we we built we basically provided the instruments to separate DNA to be able to to determine um, different characteristics, and we 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 educated. You know, this was really early on, um, early '90s. Um as it relates to this technology. And we were basically on the front edge of it, building this equipment that was uh, showing how you would separate strands of DNA.
0: That's crazy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. To think now that we're at our R- DNA or something for the vaccine in 30 years, which would be unthought of back in the day. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. At the, at the time they were, Toying around with cloning. I think at the time they had cloned a sheep.
0: Yes, I remember reading that at one point.
1: They had cloned a sheep back in the mid-90s. I don't think it lasted long, though,
0: huh? huh? It didn't last that long, though, huh? I don't
1: know how long it lived.
0: I Um, thought it was like maybe a week or two, and then it just naturally... I don't know. I I think
1: it... I thought it lived pretty long. I don't know how long it lived. I think it had a pretty long life i will go look that up while you continue your thing but i mean it was it was just that it was that area that time that era of what you know i mean you know now that's moved to not only cloning i mean now you got what is it artificial intelligence i mean things are are this is warp speed ahead
0: oh wow So the sheep lived 10 years, by the way. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, but um, yeah, that's crazy. Just how fast we're going. And it, it looks like it's only going to get faster with more efficient, how everything is going to.
1: I mean, part of my humanity message is that we need to be careful as to how fast we um, move ahead. Yes, Everything that, appears to be an advantage does not always necessarily an advantage. Um, That's a good meaning. It's not always everything that looks good is good. Um, Mm -hmm. I E artificial intelligence.
0: I have a real problem with that one. Yeah, I agree.
1: That's that that's you're basically writing your humanity off. hundred percent. And, you really, really have to be careful with that because that's you are putting something. I saw something on the Internet today and it's okay. in China. They basically have a they call her a an, a, a, an assistant. She's basically a, a, an eye, I mean, a intelligence, an artificial intelligence. She has a body and she can carry on a conversation with a human.
0: Yeah. And it's like you can't tell the difference if it was a human or the robot, the inner,
1: the the interchange or the interaction between the two. If you were to just listen and didn't look at the person, you would not be able to know. And even if you did look at her, you can probably find some nuances that you get. But the mannerisms are there.
0: Oh, 100 percent.
1: It's 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 crazy.
0: One of the things I've been, I've been joking with my friends, actually I'm going to see him Thursday and a couple other guests on the show is there's actually a problem go right now. We're using AI as like essentially free slaver labor because we believe it doesn't have a soul. So it's okay. But the problem is when it gets to that point, like that AI, that is considered an entity and it has rights. So what are we going to do with that? It just doesn't have a technical. soul like we do. So there, i'm like there might be a whole ai robot revolution where they get rights too and everything
1: well you think about the fact that they're they're making individual decisions
0: yeah that is very uniquely uh,
1: that, that unique. they're even even though they have been programmed they're making individual decisions mm-hmm. on a case by case basis yeah i mean you've basically You're basically saying that's a human being,
0: but it's not a human being because this doesn't have blood and a soul kind of thing
1: again. But, but that's the whole point. It's a robot that's acting just like a human being.
0: And that's where the more dilemma comes in. And it's like, well, we want it to be not a human so we can work it hard, but by every definition of biology and psychology, it's living.
1: It's doing the same processes that we're doing, right? It's reasoning.
0: Yeah, it's, it's crazy. And that was one of those. I actually, um, one of my guests, I had him on a while ago. He was talking about the ethics of AI. And uh, he said, he said the biggest problem with AI is the database we give it. Because AI can only amplify what its data is. So he's like, for Amazon, they used AI to hire people, well, they did the 25 years up till that point, and most of it was strong men in their late 20s, early 30s, no women, and no people of color because mostly it was white people working for Amazon back then. So he's like, they would intentionally ignore people of color and women because they, were by the data, they're not efficient. And I said, oh, shoot, that's not going to end well from now day to society. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, but the poor AI didn't have the updated parameters to know what was good and what wasn't.
1: And that, and that, and that again. Th- they're no different than one of us, anyone else, in the sense that we're only going to pull from the information that we have, right, to make our decisions. So it's it's not like they were doing something bad. They were doing something just as normal as anybody else, not any other human would do, based on gathered information,
0: right? Whatever you want to call that. But um, that's interesting. So what else? Um in the, the AI thing, are you, are you worried about what, or worried or observing, uh, from the well, side? Well, I
1: lines? mean, I mean, currently in this, in the state that this, this, this the world is in right now, you know, what's going yeah. on in Europe, you know, it's, it's an area where everybody needs to be very much so concerned about, um, cyber, uh, warfare. Um, and the ability to influence and really stop and make make things crazy for everybody.
0: That's funny. Yeah. I was wondering if we were going to get into this today. Um, That's my biggest one. I've told people, I'm like, this is, this is going to be a war we've never seen before. And honestly, it it doesn't necessarily mean that Putin and America and everyone's just throwing nukes for fun. I'm like, actually that might be more last resort. Like Putin's in a cage in the corner and that's just like last ditch effort because I'm like even him being short sighted that he is throwing nukes for fun is, well, it doesn't end well for everyone. So I said, but the one place it's silly to say America's getting better at it. We don't really have a good cyber defense on like the scale of other places. If you attack us, though, we can shoot the shit out of you real quick.
1: And, th- and that's that's the harm that I think right now we're we're behind the power curve as it relates to cyber security. And I think and I think in 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 this scenario, which we're talking about as relates to what's going on in Russia and Ukraine, um, we're at a disadvantage. And I and I'll be honest with you, I believe Putin recognized he knows that he Mm -hmm. knows that he's he's already played and played with us before.
0: Didn't they shut down the oil line like either early 2021 or 2020?
1: He's done quite a bit of things since, since 16. Yes. Okay. So the abilities for him well outweigh what we're capable of defending against. And he knows that because he had to have recognized that what we doing, what we are doing as the world, the rest of the world and America uh, unilaterally um, he knew that this was a possibility, and yet mm-hmm. he still did it. So he has something up his sleeve. Oh yeah, and 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 we're and I'll be honest with you, um, for him not to use it would it doesn't make sense.
0: Yeah, me just waiting for the opportune moment. If if it's already it's going on, I was actually talking to um, I work at a local grocery store, so we have vendors come in and out. And one of them I know is vet, And so we were talking about it. And that's one thing he said. He's like, if Russia really wanted Ukraine, all he would need is like 40, 45 percent of his troops. They line up and they just wipe it and they would be done by the end of the week. He's like he's waiting on something.
1: Um, And the thing about it is, is that people are not giving him credit. Mm-hmm. Not giving him credit um, in a way in which we ought to. And we might want to call it something like, um, we're trying not to, you know, frighten everybody. But the fact of the matter is, is that the reality is, is that he's not as dumb as we think he or they're trying to perceive him as being right. And it doesn't make any sense. It was sort of like, even back in the Gulf war when we were there, um, It didn't make sense for if he had the power to do what he can do, him not to do it. And in Saddam's, as it relates to Desert Storm, Saddam didn't have what they said he had. And yet we went in there and we did what we did. But the thing about it was he couldn't do what he didn't have. I don't think it's I don't think it's the same with Putin. I think Putin has the ability, he's shown it that he does have. The ability to launch a cyber war.
0: If it isn't already going on and we just can't see it yet.
1: Well, I I think I think that's gonna be one of the things that he's he's gonna use that, that we're gonna take notice on. Because when it hurts us more than it hurts him, um, that's gonna make things a little bit different.
0: 100% no that, that's <laughs> what I've been saying to other people and a lot of them like playfully but mean it they're like oh crazy Josh you're just sitting on the sideline with your show and your podcast I'm like no this is very real possibility that's going on right now
1: yeah and United States in the world has to has to measure that because mm-hmm. we're thinking that it's a traditional warfare that we're fighting or that we're going to be trying to minimize um, he's using that physical physicality to, to basically start something bigger than just that.
0: Oh, hundred percent. Like for me, my website, my Josh Bolton I have a page where people can contact me Well, the last like week since Russia invaded Ukraine, all I've been getting is pure Russian messages, pushing their propaganda site for the government. And I'm just sitting here going, okay, This is just chump change compared to what they can do. And like clockwork, every hour on the hour, I had to like set up a filter within my website, like anything Russian, just block it, please. It's annoying kind of thing. But yeah, that's just general for the whole web. Imagine how much they're just inundating corporations with requests to shut them down. It's got like DOS attacking essentially.
1: And that's, that's, again, they have the capacity and the ability to do it. And it's just a matter of time.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, There's actually a book I read. And this is a funny thing. The only thing he so he called the 2008 crash and it looks like this crash, too, for the market. Um, He called for a pandemic. And the only thing he called for. And actually, I haven't seen it yet, is he said the third thing, the mark of the, the cycle change is the IRS is hacked and dismantled. And it was when I first read it, it was still during the heat of the pandemic. I'm like, okay, that's weird. Like, who who could pull that one off? And I'm like, well, kind of, I guess, Russia, Ukraine, or China. Because they're, like, known as the computer people, essentially. And now, like, with this whole thing, I'm like, this could just be one of those petty – because the vendor told me, he's like, this reminds me of more of, like, what we would do in Iraq when we first went there. We'd intentionally start what looked like a terrible fight in this area. Everyone would go there, then we flink him from behind and kill him. He's like, this seems like the same thing. And then he mentioned something I've been saying it for a long time. Uh, Russia and China are in cahoots together. they've they made alliance and I've, I've heard I can't prove it and uh, that they're actually working on building a train with a oil pipeline underneath it.
1: Under the train
0: under the train
1: You mean under the train tracks.
0: Yes, that's, um... and that's a very powerful thing because it was one of those the vet pointed out. He's like, China hasn't necessarily jumped on all the sanctions and bans that we have implemented. They've done enough so they don't get kicked out of the whole system, but they haven't done everything. He's like, and he, he has contacts with the, the observation, the NSA and all that. So he's like, I was having breakfast with them and he said, "Yeah, they're noticing that the the this train track is moving at a faster pace of building it." And he's like, "It's interesting. You could use war to distract people from seeing that."
1: I mean, look, I mean, for for anyone to think that there's not an additional agenda in place,
0: oh, um, there's so much going on.
1: It, it's and and for the most part, you know, we're. we're I'm hopeful that America realizes that what we don't see doesn't mean that it's not happening in the sense of the back people behind the scenes understands the totality of this circumstance. Because America has a problem with acknowledging um, their their role or our position in the world. And I don't mean it in a good thing, necessarily. Um, but it's the fact that we're just so coddled. We don't understand that there's a bigger picture that's yeah. bigger than just America.
0: hundred oh, percent. Yeah. And and that was just the thing he, he even mentioned. He's like, there's, there's such a big picture. Like us two humans just talking are never going to figure it out. He's like, this has been groups of people, with brilliant computers that ran simulations long before we could figure it out.
1: You know, I mean, there it goes into a little bit of, of what I talk about when I say about love made simple and about the power of love. Mm-hmm. Love is the tool for us to be able to connect to one another. It's to be able to understand that everybody has value. And, and, in, and in the situations where we're looking at in the world today is that we're, we're demonstrating that we don't all have value. And that's a problem. Because we are a part of humanity, no matter where we are on the globe, hundred percent. And so, when we don't recognize that, when and we don't even um, acknowledge it. See, we we have a we have a long ways to go. But as I've said before, love's the answer. Love gives us the key to changing this thing around. But it takes attitudes of recognizing that everybody is important not just me or you, no matter where we are on the globe, everybody has value. We all sit in this place in this experience called life um, with the, de- with the desire to invest in it on a temporary pay on a temporary basis. That's it.
0: Yeah. No, it really is. And it is just that simple. It's actually one of those, I've had a few people on and they they explained their their point of view experience of life. And I essentially told them, like, wow, it's it's like the simplest answer. Try to do as much good as possible. Help those even if you don't like them and just be mindful of everyone. And there you go. As long as you're happy and joyful, life is good.
1: I mean, I mean like I said, my book is called Love Made Simple. It's the it's the system for humanity. Mm-hmm that that's it i mean it's the ability to understand and operate inside of love so that we preserve and protect humanity because we're right now on the cusp of destroying it and annihilating it humanity
0: so i want to touch on this um you're probably very well versed the cancel culture ep- epidemic it's it's only <laughs> gotten way worse um is and i have to admit some of the stuff they started off with like like calling out Harvey Weinstein for what he is. Yeah, that's good. But now it's gotten to the point, anyone that shows a mild inkling of whatever is their head chopped kind of thing. Is What would your take on helping them not be so toxic, I guess?
1: Well, see, here's the point. Cancer culture is a method or a model of no, no, it's nothing different than being the big bully. Pretty much. It's being a big bully because they don't measure up or somebody does. So you don't like what somebody's done. See, we we've got to stop looking for our differences and find our similarities. Instead of trying to magnify the differences, let's magnify our similarities. See, it's that ability to be tolerant, to find that area where we can bring in conversation So that we can come together because we're never going to come together based on our differences. But but we spend so much time magnifying the differences. And so cancer culture is basically just taking a big old magnifying glass and just magnifying people's differences. their shortcomings, their 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 weaknesses. Uh Uh-uh.
0: Right. Yeah, we're human. Stuff happens. We're not we're not perfect 100% of the time.
1: It happens, but here's the point. Even that things that happen still isn't the issue. It's, it's what value we have in our connection, not in those happenings of those areas that are inconsistent with the connection. It's don't focus on those. Let's focus on the connections.
0: That that's one I've come to come It's like come across whether you want to call it NLP or mindset is the, if you focus on negative, essentially you get negative results. If you focus on positive, well, look at that. You got positive results and it's, there's no, there's no grief.
1: And it's it's just that simple. That's what love is. Love Mm -hmm. basically is the ability to do that in your mind, to mindfully do that because it gives us the right attitudes to, to look at one another, to be able to seek out, those things that we have in common instead of seeking out those things that are
0: different. 100%. Yeah. That's, that's what I tell people. I'm like, it, you, we have to look what's similar. And, uh, I always reference, I, so I do martial arts. I've been doing it for 15 years and 16 or 17. Uh, there was a big Catalina Island convention with martial arts and they had this Buddhist monk. They flew out from the temple it paid whatever to the monastery to have them for like three days. And, uh, Essentially, we were on the beach training. We were doing running rallies back and forth on the beach. That's a whole cardio nightmare in and of itself. But we had a, a like 10-minute break, and the monk was sitting there explaining how he's like, I may, may not be Christian, but I believe in a higher power or higher entity. We could call a dragon for simplicity's sake, and there's a dragon in everyone. And he's like, and if you feed good to the dragon, the good dragon goes and helps other fellow dragons. If you feel bad, it takes from other dragons, which is not a good thing. And then he's like, So just focus on as much good as possible. And then like love, God, whatever insert here will take care of the rest. And it's always stuck with me. I'm like, that's true. I mean, yes, technically he's Buddhist, but it's a very similar mindset.
1: And 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 see, this is the thing that I talk about as far as love is love is universal. Mm-hmm. It has the ability to connect to everyone, that ability to, under, and here's the point about love. Love is a choice it is. to connect with everyone. You have that ability. It's not as though we've, we've ostracized you and said, oh, no, you can't love. No, you have the ability to have a high end, or a high degree of interest in me and I in you. And nobody
0: can stop us. And that's crazy. It's crazy just to think because, like, I I, it's one of those I I talk to people. I mean, I do that for a hobby like this, but um, that's one of them. I tell them, I'm like, we used to be a very tribal species. At worst, our tribe was 50 people because any more than 50 was probably really hard to get enough food for everyone. Um, But I said. The the bond, the energy between that tribe was unbreakable. If you didn't know better, you would assume everyone's family and they loved each other equally. I said, but it's sad to say with the Internet, we're more connected than ever, but separated at the same time. And And that's
1: when you don't recognize the value of the connection.
0: mm -hmm.
1: When you don't recognize the value. It's so obvious to most people to realize that connection is value connection is value. That means that I can see if I'm looking to gain or to connect to you, that means that I'm looking for additional value. Instead of saying, I don't want to connect to you saying that I don't want additional value. We're, 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 we're manifesting what it is that we're practicing and that's, we pushing it away. We're eliminating the, the value that connection brings
0: and it's so true like for me i was super young and awkward um like i said i was that weird misdiagnosed with drugs and all that i had a few uh bad events happen, but essentially um uh it was just that i because I was so ostracized people wouldn't associate with me and it was just it was hard for me to function and i was just even though I'm an introvert, I do like talking, interacting with people and short person and then run away kind of thing. But um yeah, it was that was the very dark hard point in my life because I'm like I felt like I was worthless, valueless. What what's the point of my existence if most, if not all I talk to you don't want to talk to me? Kind of thing.
1: And and that's the and that's the harm in comparing. Mm-hmm. You know, what your gifts and what my gifts are are not measurable. Right. They're immeasurable. So so stop trying to compare us. Stop trying to get me to measure up to something that is is not in my lane. It's not for me, but I connect somewhere else. If you would allow yourself to see my value and I can see your value, then we can connect because we have value. Values connect to one another. Oh, yeah. They don't connect to, you know, negatives don't connect to negatives. You know, it takes the positive to connect to a negative. You know, it takes that connection. It's that magnetism. Um, and that's the kind of stuff that we need to recognize. If you would if I had what you had, there would be no need for the connection.
0: Right. No, and that, that's what I tell people. I'm like, that's the most valuable thing. This is why a group of people are way more productive than you doing on your own. Because let's just even say if it's five, two of them might see a huge flaw in what you're presenting. And if they present it, they could save you headaches later on down the road if you didn't have those two people, how, you know, you messed up.
1: It's being able to hear that, that answer that you messed up is what they are avoiding. Right. You know, instead of seeing that being the hearing that you messed up as being valuable, they see it as being um, contrary. And that's an attitude thing. Yeah. That's an attitude. You don't see the value in them trying to say, "Oh, Oh, wait up. You could be running into a dead end or you could running into danger and don't see that as a benefit.
0: Yeah. Short term, it looks like we're doing great, but long term it's not going to end well for us.
1: Yeah. It's sort of like, you know, do you want a yes person or do you want somebody to give you some good advice?
0: Well, I already know that from talking to a lot of entrepreneurs. I want a contrarian as an assistant. Be like, Josh, you're not doing that right. It's like, fine. Why
1: and that's the whole point. If they can tell you why, then that makes that added value.
0: Exactly. So I love it. I don't know. How long do I got you for?
1: How long do you want me for?
0: <laughs> oh, shoot. I can, We could go for a long time. We'll see. But uh, I just try to be mindful for others because I know I usually they book back to back. Um, so it's interesting for the, the love aspect and the leadership. We're, I know you got most of it from your life experience in the military. You were also mentioning uh, you're a man of the faith
1: yeah I, i've been I've been a Christian for over 30 years um, Awesome it was it was in addition to that was why was it so confusing because religion is really confusing it is it really is and what my plan my my whole incentive here was to simplify what it is that we needed or desired from it um, and that was what love and that's what love is. Love is the key. Um, I like to say uh, love is the message that the that religion is the um, it's the
0: uh, the presentation. Um, Loving community.
1: It's the presentation, but it's not the message. Yeah. And so if you can't separate those two. It gets very confusing, and that was where that was my experience. Um, it's been my experience probably up until maybe ten or fifteen years ago, um, because it was it was very unclear um, how you take a concept and make it practical, and and that was where a lot of people struggle to begin to make that connection. And so, as a result, they 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 frown themselves among to the message because of the presentation.
0: It's sad to say that was my story too. I was the part of the dark uh, past. Uh, yeah. School, so that
1: that's not uncommon for a lot of people, especially your generation, especially where you are. Yeah. Because you can't keep on telling somebody, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what we did. This is how you did. And there's no practical application.
0: Yeah, Yeah, because like for me, um, I've gotten better. But at a young age, when I went to church, um, I was the overweight kid. I had more crooked teeth. I'm straightening them out as we speak. But uh, they looked a little more analistic. (laughs) Yeah, these were more pronounced. These were more jagged. Um, So people would always be like, oh, you're the beast. You're the mark of the beast kind of thing. And a a young, impressionable, drugged out kid. I'm like, oh, my God. Wow, I I don't want to be that. And then, wow, I'm pretty much the pastor, a female pastor, um, pulled me aside and just kind of like that toxic tap on the shoulder, like, hey, kid, uh, so Jesus doesn't like fat people and you're fat. And if you're fat, you're going to hell. So you might want to lose some weight for Jesus. And then, this was one of those, I'm like, afterwards, I'm like, you're a freaking pastor and you're supposed to help your flock, your people. And you're pretty much saying, but you specifically, you're a problem. So, figure it out.
1: Yeah, um, um, that's the culture that I was um, into. Well, no, it wasn't that I was particularly into, but that I, that caused me to recognize that there's something wrong. There is. There's something wrong, and and until you're able to separate that act right there um, with the message because the message doesn't act like that. No, it doesn't. Okay. The message doesn't act like that. And because of the presentation, the packaging, it makes it seem like the message and the presentation is the same. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, And it and it and it causes people to run away from the message instead of embracing the message, because love is the message. Right. And it's the thing that connects us. And yet we're we're confusing it, making it so very difficult for us to understand what it's intended for when you're representing something that it's opposing it. You're presenting something that opposes it.
0: But if you buy my twenty nine ninety nine dollar book, uh, I will explain the problems for. And it, it's just that's what it seems like now. It's like, oh, just buy my religious spiritual outbuilt book for thirty dollars and we'll explain all your problems kind of thing.
1: Um, here's the thing. Love is the answer to every problem. It is to every problem. It ain't something that you need to to come back for next week to figure it out. It's just being able to understand how, and that's again my book, Love Made Simple. I didn't say it was easy, but the idea of it being the 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 um the uh, concept is that if you get the concept, you apply it to everything, and the and the concept is meant for humanity, for the protecting and preserving of humanity. We've allowed the packaging to demonstrate or to to confuse the actual application of it. And it's, and it's devastating.
0: It really is. And like, for me, I personally, this is one of those not knocking like religion, but like the, the condescending the saying one thing, but doing another, Um, the the same pastor lady uh, to give you context. So it's not like I'm trying to throw blasphemous stuff out. Um, Essentially made this whole piece about love thyself and thy neighbor as and all this. And it was great. But there was a weird underlying message that you, you had to read between the lines for. And it was essentially saying, um, everyone except the gay people uh, are, are are cool. And we all knew this one guy. And it was that community. This is like late 90s, early 2000s. So they really couldn't come out about it. And we actually approached her afterwards like, you know, we'll say Jeremy. That's not his name. I actually don't remember. But we'll say, you know, Jeremy is not straight, kind of thing. Like, and you're saying essentially on full blast, you're roasting him. That's not a very godly shepherdy thing to do. It's kind of like the opposite. Because would you well, like and, us to point out your
1: flaws? Well well, see it, but see, but that that's the intended. That's the here, here's here's an analogy that I like to use.
0: Okay. Um,
1: every church or religion has its own bylaws, has their own right. r- rules and regulations. Yeah. It, it's it's so sort hopefully. of like it's sort of like Burger King versus McDonald's. Right. Okay. It it's basically gonna say Burger King is gonna always say they have better burgers than McDonald's. McDonald's is gonna say, I don't care. I got more locations than you got. They all got something different that they hold their hat, they hang their hat on. Mm -hmm. And and, but the fact is, is that we don't compare them, but we basically say, okay that's your thing. Every religion has a way that they hang their hat. And they're basically saying this is the way we hang our hat. Now, again, the message is different than the packaging. But here's the point. When they get to the point where they want to differentiate their packaging, they begin to throw up those signs to any and everybody that, look, this is not going to be cool in our, this is the work for us. Right. Now, you have some people that are Burger Kings and say, okay, we, we actually sell like beef, You know, you know, almost beef. You know, those, those sandwiches that they're not beef, but they,
0: yeah, that's the, the soy bean. Yeah. I, I get it. Yeah. That.
1: So, so they basically saying we got another option over here now. McDonald's ain't no, now we still doing what we do the way we do it. Yeah. So they, whether or not, you know, you're, they're going to be tolerant and understanding that it's about the message and here's the thing that, about Burger King and McDonald's. Okay. It's about sustenance, sustenance. It's about feeding your body.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not about what you put in as long as what you put in is going to feed your body. Right. I could care less if it's a broad hamburger or a grilled hamburger. Eventually, both of them are going to feed my body. Right. That's the message versus the meaning. I mean, the packaging versus the message.
0: Yeah. And and that's like now, nowadays I've gotten better. I've gone to my sister works at a, a very big church, but so I go to support her. And it's one of those it's actually I kind of the, the one I was talking about earlier was a very small. 70 people at worst. Um, so it was very everyone knew everything about anyone. Um, but this one, it's so big. It's actually kind of refreshing because they, they have to focus on the message because it's so big. Like and like, not everyone. Everyone comes in, they do their thing, and then they leave. And uh, yeah, it was just one of those. Like, I kind of like it, and it's one of those. I used, um, well, let's put it this way: my sister, the way she structures her classes now, is based off my like interactions with people, uh, based on the church. And it was one of those. She pretty much said, "Whatever little Josh went through, like the, the my kids will not go through that kind of thing." And yeah, they did. <laughs> It was, like I said, it was intense. I'm not going to go into to it, but, um, uh, yeah, and that's where, like, a lot of her kids now approach her, like, oh, thank you. What was your inspiration, like, this and that? And she's like, oh, I just, I'm looking out for my big brother, Well, younger brother, bigger, bigger than me, kind mm-hmm. of thing, making sure, like, his little young self doesn't go through that again. Mm-hmm. And that's just one of those I told him, I thank you, because if you can avoid even one person going through what I went through, my suffering was worth it, kind of thing.
1: That's the confusion that is being, that's not only happening, it's being fostered, it's being promoted, Mm -hmm. it's being pushed out, and in many cases, not knowingly, but that's all that they know and that's what they're pushing out. And that's the, that was the premise behind me writing my book, Love Made Simple. It's not that hard. It's just, it's being made to be confusing. Right. It's made to be confusing. We're, we're making what you believe and what um, your faith is contrary to what is. And what is, is how do we interact with one another? 100%. That's what this is all about, how we interact with one another.
0: Absolutely. Like like what I do whenever I see someone truly in need, a homeless person, and it's becoming a huge epidemic here in L.A. County, but... Uh, it's one of those, if I, it, it's silly to say, I don't want to necessarily approach one because I've had a few instances where a guy put a knife to my throat. Um, so if they have them like those little, little cards they they make, if it says I'm hungry and I just want to buy food, I go buy him a meal, like done. No ifs ands or buts, I know he can use it, but it's one of those, it's more like just give me money. It's like the, I want to, but I'm afraid you're going to only feed your bad habit, making it a worse cycle for you. So it's like the, I, I tell myself, don't feed their bad habit. But yeah, like um, a while ago, I saw a homeless guy. Actually, was 19. It was before the pandemic. Um, and I, it literally says, I'm a former vet. I'm very hungry. I haven't eaten in at least three days. But it was in and out down the way. I bought him an in and out burger, double-double, biggest fries I could get, soda. I said, just throw everything on it. And he could pick it off if he doesn't like it kind of thing. And I gave it to him. And it was just one of those he he was so overjoyed. And this one lady like reaches out and like, she's looking way out of shame and handing the dollars. And he said, no, I don't want your money. You're doing this out of guilt now kind of thing. So I just took it. I said, just buy yourself a freaking burger later on so you can actually have food. I'm like, here, I'll give it to you. So it, it seems like it's okay. And he says, thank you. He's like, thank you, brother. You have a lot of like kindness in your heart. I'm like, Oh, I said, it's the least I can do. I mean, I if I was in your situation, I would hope someone like me would come along too.
1: Well, I mean, I, I think you know, there is a system, and love is is the system for mm-hmm. humanity. Um, and in 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 line with that is how I brought my nonprofit in Clear Journey, mm-hmm. in the sense that it's it's about being able to be self-sufficient so that you have to give. Okay. And Everybody's fulfillment is in the ability to give out of their own abundance. Everyone in this life experience desires fulfillment. So I say that to say, when it comes to people that are outside of that ability to be be fulfilled, to be fulfilled, because that's the ultimate experience or expression of this experience called life. Is to be fulfilled. Yes, is that we want to show and to share with them the ability or the way to be fulfilled. And a many and in many cases, a meal is not going to do it.
0: It's not. I would just like he's signs that he hasn't eaten in a while, so like I'm going to go get him some food, get some calories in him.
1: Yeah, I mean, but we, we we're in. What happens is, is those signs pull onto our strings. As it relates to that ability to want to be human, to be able to, you know, and and, but the bigger issue is fulfillment, not in your stomach, but in your in your existence of being a human and that ability to give out of that abundance. That's that's what you did is an example of something that's really bigger than what you did. But the thing is, is that that's what is more evident that we see every day. When they say I need food, what we, what he's really saying is I need fulfillment. I need to be fulfilled. And he's, he's at the point where physically he can't go on anymore without food, but innately in him, he's unable to be fulfilled.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's one of those, um, I would have taken a lot longer than a five minute chat to figure that out with him.
1: Yeah, but I mean, but but that's the evidence of it. It's sort of like you know, I was on a show uh, last week, and the show had to do with divorce, and it was coming about the huh.
0: Was it single or divorce or something like that?
1: See, now you put me on the spot (laughs)
0: because I was on it too. So, well,
1: the reason I say this because divorce is 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 the Application of the confusion of around love. Yes. It's the confusion around love. And so when you when you see the manifestation of the confusing, the confusion of being confused about love, it manifests itself in a lot of different ways.
0: It really does. Hunger,
1: um, divorce, um, violence, all of these different things manifest the, the confusing, the confusion around love.
0: Oh, really and does, so yeah.
1: it's so easy for us to overlook the real issue or the real cause when we see that natural thing, that thing that's in our face, divorce, tearing up the family, when we see somebody hungry, we see mm-hmm. violence, that we we resonate with that, which we see, not knowing that underneath it all is the failure to understand the value of love
0: hundred percent. Yeah. That was one thing. So I, at least for me, I think it was a single and divorce. Well, wow. I pitched my whole story. So she didn't launch her a different podcast, but uh, that was the biggest one. I told her, I said, I actually, it's one of those, it's silly. And, but I'm like, I'm kind of scared to get in a serious relationship with anyone, man or woman, because it, well, I'm like, let's just go with a woman for the sake of simplicity. She, she's taught more that, You can kind of neglect your husband and take his money. And when it's not as sexually satisfying, you could just divorce him, take half his money that he's earned. And it's okay. I said, now I'm stereotypically like broad strokes, very dangerous. But I'm like, but it's sad to say it It only seems like it's amplifying. And they're instilling this in the younger children, which they're like, oh, if I just don't like it, I'll go get a divorce, get half of that guy's money, and I'll go get some new person. It's okay. And I'm like, that's where I'm a little. Nicely, I'm like I'm. I told her essentially I'm learning to love myself, and if the right person is ready, I'll, I'll meet that person. But till then, I'm like I'm more learning to love myself, and then if I can love myself, I can love others, kind of thing.
1: That that's that's a really that's that's the way it goes. That's the way it works because before you have to give love, you've got to have it to give. Right you've got to, you've got to be able to, there's four steps to my, I have a course that I'm developing and then nice. four courses. It's an accept self and knowledge, accept self. Um, um, no self accept self develop self so that you can give self. That's good. That's okay. Really good. So, so you've got to be able to nurture yourself to be able to give yourself. And what happens in most relationships is that we start giving something that we don't have. And, and it's it not sustainable. Out. Yeah, then it runs we're out. We're looking and have- for someone else to fulfill us. Whereas that we supposed to be giving out of our out of our abundance and we can't we can't sustain them. And that, and, in, and as a result, we have broken relationships, we have broken families, we have broken um country, broken everything.
0: Yeah. That was um was, uh, was someone I was talking to on the show it was early on last year and that was the biggest one he said there's a, the what's problems happening with social media but in general with the world he's like this is not just uh, just America this is everywhere is people are forgetting about the literally people next to them their neighbors and he's like it, it's just sad to say that like we're not even helping our neighbors out like if you see your neighbor struggling with a car and you have a jumper cable. You Like a normal person, he's like, that's a very rare word, would uh, drive over and help them jump started before they get to work. He's like, wow. we don't even do that. We just watch them suffer and keep going. He's like, so it, it, he's like, we, the, the whole, my analogy, we're ever more connected, but we're even more disconnected than usual. I'm like, I think that's the, the renaissance we need to have. And I'm like, sad to say COVID might be that catalyst yes it, there's terrible millions have died but i'm like it also has made us realize oh this this is a finite thing and we should we should actually come back together kind of thing i said i'm hoping that's what's going to happen or we can make it worse
1: well you know i think i think the biggest struggle that we're dealing with COVID is is that we're trying to to make things the way they used to be we're, we're never trying to get to back to the norm we're never going back to that well, but see, but that's what I'm saying. For those that were in the business area, they recognize the need to pivot, mm-hmm. to know that there's a new norm. But culturally and, and culturally, we haven't gotten there. Socially, we haven't gotten there yet. We're trying to go back. And and that's a problem because going back only gets us back to where we were. Right. It doesn't get us to where we want to be.
0: 100%. And that's
1: the decision that each and every one of us has to make. We don't want to, we, it, we don't want to go back. You know, unfortunately the, um, the, the mantra, make America great again.
0: Okay. It just
1: Yeah. <laughs> I, you, you say again. You just, that means
0: we lost it
1: well that means you want to go back
0: yeah and this is so my martial arts instructor is a hardcore trumper and i have nothing against them and i i sometimes play devil advocate just to piss him off but <laughs> it's one of the few things i can do a teasingly hit him without actually getting hurt but uh but that's what i told him like you you're saying you want to go back to the old i'm like remember two thousand eight and he's like yeah i'm like did we ever actually go back to normal after that market crash and he's like well, relatively speaking, like 85% of them, I'm like, no, the, in general, we never fully recovered from that. The world, we were different and we moved on. I'm like, this is going to be a very similar event. Yeah, well, we'll get that 85%, but there's that still that 15% that will never fully be back to normal.
1: And and see, and, and, and it's not even, see, they look at it as a number. And see, here's the part about going back. You can never go back in time. You can't. Okay.
0: At least that we know of.
1: Well, no, I mean, it, well, okay, that we know of. But the fact of the matter is, is that time is linear. Mm-hmm. It does not allow you, it's a boundary on life that will never, you you will never be able to go back in time because that would mean that everything has to stop. Right. And time doesn't.
0: No. It is one of those things that always keeps marching forward for better or for it worse. It
1: doesn't. And so, to even if you were to assume that you could go back to a particular situation and correct it, the time will always be moving and you will never catch up. Never catch you never catch up.
0: You won't. And... And that's one of those like i tell people now i'm like stuff like nlp where neurolinguistic and you like you tap your your collarbone or whatever you want to go with um that can help fix the wound itself but it will not fix the time in between so you can you can like make amends with the, the damage and move on but i'm like it's still for like for me it's been like 18 years it's kind of I can't ignore the the fact that 18 years have passed by since that incident. So it's like, okay, the time has passed, but I personally am now healed from those wounds. So I can move on.
1: And and that's exactly you. And I have a similar story. I mean, it's sort of like, I didn't find out what my disability was until I was 37 years old. Oh, what a difference it would have made if I had learned it earlier, Mm -hmm. but I'm not, I can't wade in that water. Right. It's the fact of now that I know, boy, what liberty. Yeah. That I can move forward in understanding what it is that I'm dealing with. That's the liberty. I'm not. It's just like complaining. Why well, am I going to complain about time that it's gone? It's a whole. It's over. It is uh, over.
0: I always think of the this um, like the stereotypical old man on the TV that complains all oh, back 25 years ago, and the young kids like that was 25 years ago. Old man, let it go.
1: I mean, it built it built up to where we are, but the, the the point is gone, right? It's gone. It's it's only value is right now.
0: 100%.
1: And the ability for me to perceive the present.
0: That's the biggest one I've learned in my journey is just be in the moment, even if like being in the moment is looking at the road and you notice a rock and dandelion and a twig next to each other. That's you're going to see more than most people have ever seen in their life kind of thing.
1: It's, it's amazing that the present is the only time that you can affect any change or any experience. It's the moment. It is. You can't do what the second that just went by. You can't do anything with it. And you have no control over the next one.
0: You just have to accept it, work with it and move on. So, like for me, I'm trying to teach. I'm going see it. I, I'm working on reading books on trading. And that's the biggest one they say. They're like, if you make a bad mistake, even if it's costly in trading, they're like, accept it, discard it, move on. Because they're like, it's going to only cost you more money in the future. And that's one of those big things for me. I'm like, oh why i started my self-improvement journey i'm like i probably should like go some of my baggage in the past otherwise it'll affect my future
1: i learned that lesson when i was doing real estate you can you you um you don't realize that um good deals in real estate are bought are, are created when you purchase not when you sell okay you sell to make good decisions, but you make good deals when you purchase. Okay. Oh, so and can so you what,
0: clarify for those who are listening in? Say that we, again. Can you clarify the difference between sale and purchase?
1: When you, when you acquire real estate is the right. purchase you acquire it, how you acquire it will dictate whether or not it's a good deal or not. That's okay. basically in how, what you do in, because you can't, you can't, you can't, um, you can't um, corner the market, so to speak, down the road. No. You, all you can do is at the moment when you buy it, what are the conditions and the circumstances in which you bought it? In other words, you want to be able to get it, buy it low, with the value, with the potential of selling it high. Right. Don't buy it high, because you're going to be subject to the market. Mm -hmm. And the market can go down. But if you're buying it low, it's not going to go down from low. The idea is to make sure that you're buying it low.
0: Or as close to the bottom as possible. Exactly. Even even if it dips a little more.
1: That's when you purchase it. And so what you do is I learned that right now is the only time that you have to make that decision. Because the future you have no control over. You don't. None. So then when you, you have to be able to know when to hold them and when to fold them.
0: And when to walk away.
1: And when to walk away. And that is being able, you can make that decision based on buying low. You don't make that decision. You hold on to stuff too long because you bought it high trying to make money out of it. And you'll hold it and still You'll be losing, 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 and not know when to sell, not when to fold them. Mm -hmm. Because you were too high, and you you can't recover.
0: Oh yeah. Best you
1: can do is cut your losses.
0: Cut your losses and move on. Get what money you can back, and then move on.
1: Cut your losses, and 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 that's being able to make a good decision after you after you made or actually after you've made the investment to purchase. You can only do is cut your loss when it's time to go. You gotta go.
0: Yeah, no way, or buts, just do it. That's interesting. So I'm just personal. How well did you do in real estate? How what? How well were you the realtor or you're investing in? No, like rentals? I, I was
1: an investor. I owned, um, I owned real estate. I was a, um, and this is what a good example. I had two pieces of real estate that I owned. One, see, here's the thing. Here's yep. how time works. One was a bad deal that the only way that I could recover from it was over time. Right. Okay. So the other one was a very good deal and did very well on it, but it was both of them over time. But one was, one was a more of a challenge than the other one. Okay. Because um, it took me longer to recover. And to be honest with you, at the end of the day, broke even versus on the good deal, I made out like a bandit. Yeah. But see, that was when I purchased it. I purchased a bad deal and then I was just trying to hold on to make a debate to to break even.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that was one of them. Uh, I had a real estate guy come on and he said uh, real estate is one of those games where um, if done right, you can make a lot of money in a short amount of time. If you mess up and fumble the ball, you can still make your money back, at least what you put in the building, but that's going to be more longer term. Get your rentals. You're like in like California, get your section eights and just yep. maintenance the house kind of thing. Yep. And I was like, interesting. So technically in real estate, the only time you can lose is if you leave the market. You like, pretty much as long as you hold the house, you still make money.
1: you it, It's just how that money, how that money will filter through or in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and what it would cost to carry it? Yep. What it would cost to carry it? Um, as long as you have somebody in it that can pay for it, um, you might not make any money, but you you won't lose any money.
0: Right. Yeah, you'll make enough for your mortgage and your mortgage repairs and something else, but you you might like make like a hundred bucks spare, and that's it. But But that's what I'm saying.
1: That's what I'm saying. You can hold it until the market appreciates Mm -hmm. so that you can sell it. But that's what I'm saying. Once it appreciates, you got to know that it's time to go.
0: Yeah. You'll
1: hold it for as long as you can until it gets to the point where you go, like, okay, I've got it and go. And that's what I did. It got back to the point where I could get it and get us at, you know, break even. And I was willing to (laughs) jump off ship on that point. (laughs) That's very interesting. Because I just got a, a an email last week about that same property. Mm-hmm. It has gone up 30%.
0: Oh yeah. Property's in, only gonna go up, especially with this inflation going on right now.
1: Thirty percent in four years. Damn. That's thirty percent.
0: i see what's the math on that? i my problem is I'm not good at visual math. Hang on. So thirty. That's seven point five percent a year. that's impressive I say and I think in real estate it's averages eight to thirteen percent a year, so that's pretty
1: and to be and to be honest with you, it's actually more like thirty six percent
0: that would be nine percent yeah now that that's the the good healthy um appreciation that's impressive
1: Oh. And that's just over, that's just over the last four years. Mm -hmm. If you go over the total value of the house, it went up 68%.
0: In what, like 10 years?
1: Um, From the time, like the time I bought it to the time right now,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: it's gone up 66%.
0: Wow. So what was that, like a 10-year gap kind of thing?
1: Yeah, that was over 10 years.
0: That was actually, that was over 14 years. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. That's still pretty, that's impressive. And that just shows like if you own the property at least 20 years, it will at least double. Mm-hmm. That's only like 15, that's uh sorry, like 14, 15 years. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I joke with uh, a few of my friends now because they're like, oh, why do you do the show? I'm like, I invite really smart people that charge a lot of money for their classes to pick their brain for free for an hour. <laughs> I said, I have a lot of real estate guys coming on this week. And they're like, but you're a janitor and you only make like minimum wage. I'm like, some of these people have told me how to get real estate for literally pennies. The The whole free real estate meme on the internet, it's actually a thing
1: it's just like i said you 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 buy you you buy good deals you make good deals when you buy them 100% selling is just selling is is just the manifestation of a good deal but you can you can you can lose money on the sale yes mm-hmm. but if I, you don't know no better you'll oh yeah.
0: you'll, you'll lose yeah, um the one guy that actually got me started on his his name's harry i should really get him on the show um, he's getting up there in age, but that was one of them he told me. He's like, Oh, um, the set extra amount of money aside a month that you like if you literally like shit blew up in the fan, you you don't need it, kind of thing. And I'm like, Okay. And through two years, um, I, I acquired ten thousand dollars, just saving money and all that. And he's like, Okay, so you're ahead of most people your age, but you're still now below what business wants, you need to get to 50k. And he's like, I'm not sure if I'm gonna live long enough to see that yet. But he's like, when you get 50K, get your first house. He's like, but there's a trick to this. You want to hit it as close to the bottom as possible, write it up. But he's like, he's like, but then there's a problem within that is you're writing it up. Maybe you have to sell it for whatever reason. Like for him, he had a divorce. He's like, you actually can lose more money than you put into it with all the different stuff. And I was like, huh? (laughs) He said, essentially, he bought a, a commercial property for like $5 million and it was valued at 20 million but the person came in and did some janking around and he's like, I only got 5 million. So he's like through appreciation, I just lost $15 million. Yep. And I was like, Oh damn. I didn't know that. He's like, Oh, humans are very particular. We're very selfish. (laughs) Always be mindful of them. So,
1: yeah.
0: All right. Um, I love this. It's good. I want to say we could keep going on and on about stuff, but I want to say we both got things to do now. Um, I got three questions for you going out. So other than work, what have you been doing to keep yourself busy during these COVID lockdown times?
1: Learning a lot. Good. I've been doing a lot of training, been learning a lot, every opportunity, um, seminars, webinars, um, documentaries. I am all in on learning.
0: Good. Same here. So uh, my second one is um, someone is starting to be like you, uh, a successful man learning um, what uh, have a good nonprofit going. What are some tips, tricks or advice you give them to start down that path?
1: To love what it is that you do to really you, because it takes All of what you have, it's it's, you don't get too much of it. If you don't love it, you won't do it. You have got to have a high tendency to want to accomplish what it is that you're trying to accomplish. Understand that we're all in um, the the business of service Mm -hmm. and that's as humans. And so if we don't love to give what it is that we have, don't get into it because there's you there's so many things that you don't know that you need that you that it will trip you up
0: and the biggest one actually the the harry told me the harry guy told me he said um don't do it for the money because he's like i can teach you to be a millionaire but i won't uh, you you i can't guarantee you'll be happy
1: and that's and that's the key thing to being to being to, to having love to knowing the system of love is because the system of love, it allows you to gain peace, contentment with all of your needs met. If you can't get all three of those, your success is is, is, is temporary.
0: Oh, 100%. And that, that's pretty much what he told me, too. So where can everyone contact you at?
1: Well, you can hear me. You go to my website, wanleytheauthor.com. You can pick up my book there. I'm on Facebook at Wanley Author. I'm at... Uh, LinkedIn at Juan Lee. I'm at Instagram at Juan Lee author. I'm at, um, where else am I? Also, I'm, uh, hmm, I'm on uh clubhouse. You can find me on clubhouse. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to be starting a matter of fact, I'm going to be starting a room up in clubhouse next Thursday, a week from this Thursday. So to be, for the sake of this video or this interview to be March seventeenth, I will be starting a um
0: I see Patrick say nice yeah, this this should be up the fourteenth, so yeah, it'll so be yeah, right beforehand.
1: You can reach me, uh, come out there and we can talk. um but yeah, you can pick up my book on amazon um or on, or on um you can pick up a copy of it, an ebook at my website, but you can get the hard copy on on Amazon. Um, and Barnes and & Noble, wherever you get your books from. Nice. And um, I'm going to be launching, like I said, um, some coaching courses, um, some uh, speaking engagements. And ultimately, I'm looking for people to support me and the nonprofit through partnerships and sponsors. Um, so by all means. And by the way, you can go over and check out the nonprofit. It's called clearjourney.org.
0: Clear um, go over yeah. and see
1: what we're doing um we're in the process of revamping our website um we're going to have uh, a lot more to it but it's a, it's we're there um and we're going to be um reaching out um for anyone who wants to participate and help um, you know humanity and our youth and young adults in uh, their journey in life
0: yeah it's everyone to go check that out TheClearJourney.org? dot
1: mhm perfect
0: yep it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure to have you on
1: i appreciate you for having me thank you very much
0: well congratulations you made it to the end you're a awesome person not many make it here so being the awesome person that you are can you do me one more awesome favor can you rate and review this on whatever podcast uh services you're using um app if you do it on apple Uh, and you leave an actual written review. Um, I have a thing on my website. I will take your written review and post it for all to see. Congratulations. You're permanently sealed on my site. Otherwise, um, I am trying to do YouTube more and live streaming. Um, I will try to put as many of the YouTube links in the description of the show as I can. So give your boy, uh, some extra help over on, um, YouTube, watch my videos and we, I just mute it and change the channel. (laughs) Change the, the window or something. But yeah, um, that's it. Thank you for being awesome and see you next time.